Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension Agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. Welcome back to another edition of Dirt to Dollars. It is the 15th. We're recording this on the 15th, so we're middle of the week, and it's raining outside. It's been raining today. hard. We had a lot of rain here in Hodgenville in a short amount of time. I don't think we all had what uh, Bargetown is dealing with. We're kind of looking at some videos a second ago with some big time floods. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard any kind of rainfall amounts yet, but man, they got a lot of water. It looks like a mess. It does. Yeah. (laughs) We've got flash flood warnings, but it's typical areas that get flooded when we have quick rain like we've had this morning. So I just think it's interesting. We're, you know, in the middle of, I don't know, for you all, we're, We've had several acres of corn harvested this week. So this is a a good rain for that. That's trying to, I guess, dry down a little more, but kind of putting a halt on some of these guys that are trying to get started. All right. Clarify. Yeah. You said, you said several, several acres. Does that mean like several it's hundred, not hundred. Several thousand, no, several no, no, no. single acres? No, it's probably, I would say a hundred or so. It's not been mm-hmm. much. It's not been much. It's a lot of that early planted, but it's not been a whole lot yet. They're just getting started. Yeah. They're just I getting think, started. I've heard from a handful that have probably got 50 to 100 acres under their mm-hmm. belt. What about you, Matt? That's the same. Yeah. I, there's one guy that's kind of running wide open, but it was early planted, early stuff. Yeah. Probably everybody has a dryer. Else, yeah. Everybody yeah, else seems-, seems to be just kind of making sure all the bugs are worked out ahead of this rain so they're ready to go after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anybody with some decent dryer capacity is probably running and that's, wide open around here. That's who it is. Yeah, the, my, my folks, they do. They have dryer because it's and it, the moisture's not real low. You know. Well, and people must be kind of pushing it because I noticed, uh, got a notification yesterday from Owensboro Grain that they will not dump a truck over 16.5%, like beginning – late yesterday so they mm-hmm. must be getting some wet corn <laughs> i would imagine so everybody trying seems, to get going seems like i've heard 26 27 percent i've heard from, some of that yeah what's been run here this week i've heard some of that i heard some 18 earlier this week though wow that's so probably didn't have a fungicide nah, applied to that i would assume with who it was it would it did but it was planted super early Mm-hmm. And it was a hybrid that I think is known for drying down really quick. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, y'all hearing any rumblings of uh, yields or what they're seeing so far? I think, I think in general, I think we all kind of agreed early on that this early corn was going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, have y'all heard any kind of yield numbers? I've heard everywhere from good to really good to not as good as we thought it was going to be. I think there's a lot of variability. I was going to say this year is I think it's going to be as well. I haven't heard much. Yeah. I think if we were to replay last year's episode from the corn harvest started, I think, I think you've had that exact quote last year, (laughs) (laughs) but that's a very extension quote, by the way. It is. But last year, the way it turned out, there really wasn't a lot of variability. No, you're right. There will be. I mean, it was, yeah. It was almost like corn on the hill, hilltops was 
out yielding corn in the bottoms. I mean, it just didn't make sense. Of almost yeah. too much water, but I think our typical Central Kentucky variability is going to be back this year. I know I haven't heard any early corn numbers that didn't start with a two. Actually, I take that back. I did hear of one that started with a one, but it was really close to two, and it was not a good stand. It was a bad stand and had hold up. Does anybody in LaRue County ever share a corn yield that's under that doesn't begin with a two? Hmm. I don't I don't I don't think corn can make under 200 bushel in LaRue County, can it? That's, I don't know. Uh, that's what I, don't I have hear. a report that I can go look at and see. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that may just no. be when they're talking to the Hardin County farmers. That, now, in general, uh, you, you typically only hear about the, the good fields. Uh, yes. But when you know somebody's breaking into the field and they're, you know where they're at and you ask them, they, I don't think they're going to lie to you. But uh, Oh, they'll uh, lie to you. Don't, uh, don't doubt it. They'll lie to you. <laughs> we may need the Hardin County plot tour to go around and do some we might have We might have to go around and verify some yields. That's mm-hmm. We might have to get them on that. Because yeah. you know the Hardin LaRue crop tour team is not going to lie. They are 100% on oh, yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm all truth well and i've seen you you're seeing too on twitter and social media around us that's harvesting not in our three counties but in some of the western kentucky areas they're getting yeah i saw one yesterday that said that they averaged over three and now while i'll say it was probably a contest plot if i had to guess it was you know those are the outliers i think but you're gonna like i said probably have average average yields this year and will be oh i think it's gonna be above average yields. well not above average but what i'm saying you're gonna have the variability you're gonna have the same type of I'm stuff you would typically. still holding true above average but not as good as last year yeah, yeah it's not gonna be a record crop but it's gonna be it's gonna be above average. it'll be good yeah because you gotta have to have an average you have to have years above it and years below it and i think it's, yeah. this year's gonna be one of those that's gonna be above it for sure typically how averages work yeah that is yep. um <laughs> it's not the is that okay so is average a mean a median or a mode the mean. It's mean, right? It's the mean, yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Median yeah. would be the, the thing that's in the middle. middle the back rower. middle. Yeah. And the mode would be the most the, commonly occurring. Yes. You got it, man. Paid attention. And I, I paid attention in fifth grade math class. <laughs> I know one thing I've been hearing also on some of this early harvested stuff is uh, impacts of fungicide, where really the early corn probably would have been okay without it. When you think for the most and part, and that's that's typical around here. You can, yeah, use that as a pretty good rule of thumb. If you've got early planted corn, it's going to outrun the disease pressure. But I don't know. I've heard, I've seen a few ears uh, that showed some fields that had uh, fungicide applied next to fields that didn't and were planted around the same time. And you could see a pretty sizable difference in kernel size. Um, this is nothing that I don't, you know, you can't. That's not, not very research. scientific there, Daniel. It's not scientific. Fields that were planted around the same time. Well, same within a, within a day or two of each other. Yeah. Um, and, and one. Different you know, hybrids. That's probably another valid claim, to be <laughs> fair. But I'm talking double. I mean, the, the kernels looked twice double as large. And, and, and those plants were green longer. And I just. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this I think this will be a year where maybe that that fungicide application could have could affect it. Could have paid off if you could have got it put on. 
if you could have got it put on. Um, so, and also we're hearing silage uh, number or silage uh, yields are being great. And even heard a quote at our cattleman's meeting last night that uh, they were, they were basically cutting silage on 200 bushel corn. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's amazing. So it should be it some is. good, good quality feed uh, for them. Happy cows. Year. I saw an email this week to come across that was sent out to agents and I thought it might be an interesting topic we could talk about, but one of our specialists was looking for uh, top five uh, weeds in pasture and top five weeds in hay fields. Mm-hmm. And I started writing it out and kind of thinking about them. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to keep this list in, on my computer and maybe we can talk about it. And y'all can help me get this f- filled out uh, correctly. What do you, what do you all think are, Let's start with pasture fields. What do you think are the top five weeds that we're seeing in our area Musk in pasture thistle. fields? Musk thistle. Mm-hmm. See, I, on this on this form I filled out, I just put thistle. So I should probably be a little more direct with that. So Musk we're having thistle. thistle issues. We're also having, and and it depends on the time. Is remind me, is the survey for late? It's just a survey. It, just it doesn't say just during the season. Okay, because you got to put still, buttercup. I was going to say, we're still having issues with buttercup. Butter, buttercup. And also said to rank them one to five. So well, that I have, would be number one. I have <laughs> buttercup. I'm still going to put thistle. At number You're going to put one. thistle at one. Yeah. You know, I had thistle at five. Maybe we're just better at managing our thistle populations. We also have nimble wheel issues. And if you would, if you think about buttercup and nimble wheel, what is there? What's the, like the common theme between? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Those are, those are also, I did not have nimble wheel, but what I had, what I actually get a lot of, of complaints about is foxtail. That was my next one. I don't get a lot of complaints about foxtail. Well, I, I probably, seem to get more. And I think that's another competition issue. It is. It is. There's a and, lot out there, but I just don't get a lot of complaints about it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, until I, it makes a seed head, you don't really. Yeah. You don't even see it. And cows will graze it. That's that's the thing in pastures. Mine, well, and honestly, you could almost make a claim that it's more prevalent or more of an issue in hay than yeah. it is. Yes, yeah, so I actually in have it. We're going to yeah. talk about hay fields next. I have it in both yeah. lists. Yeah. Um, and but, uh, chicory. So which I have one, chicory, but I, I had I had chicory pasture. in there, and then I thought of some more, and I knocked it out. Um, uh, but common ragweed. That was uh, that and. We have, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I notice it more, but the lance leaf, the smaller kind of ragweed, we have quite a bit of issue with it yeah, sometimes too. too. You all see in many fields with nut sedge in it, really bad pasture fields? Uh, no. In autumn ones. I have a couple of farmers that are, that are just really struggling because it's nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to get rid of through anything mm-hmm. you can spray unless you kill everything. Um, and, and it likes wet natured ground. So if you've got a bottom... Back, yeah, it comes back from seed, comes back from roots. We've had some wet years recently mm-hmm. that, uh, so I've got that on my list just because in, in my area and also I had curly dock. Are we having issues? I, one of the, in this meeting that we got the survey, uh, there was a lot of agents talking about having tall ironweed issues. Are you all seeing any of that? Some. I mean, I also wrote that down at first and ended up knocking it out because mm-hmm. I don't think, I mean, I see some, but it's not like the field's overtaken with it. Yeah. Um, doesn't seem to be one that's just gonna, you know, mm-hmm. 
really cause you a lot of issues. It doesn't look good because it stands out, right. you know, in the field. Um, mm-hmm. My sheep but actually it usually, like it. it. They eat all the leaves off of it. And, yeah. And it usually doesn't amount to a whole lot. It's just a patch here. Yeah. Or a few plants here. Well, and I've had in that case, I know, Matt, you were, t- we were talking about it just two or three years ago, how you all were having issues with poison hemlock along the roadsides, getting into pasture fields and hay fields. And that seems to have made its way to my County. Cause I feel like I had a lot of questions about that this year. So while I don't think it's at a, a, a terrible problem across the County, I do think there are patches in my County that have it worse than others. So let's, uh, was there any other important pasture weeds we forgot there that may have a run in to be on that list? I think that was most, I think that was, yeah, that was most of the seven. ones mm-hmm. I'd say broom sage, but that's just, that's pretty easy one to, I'm just lazy and haven't gotten around to really taking care of that. It's expensive to, yeah, do. I'd almost say- put broom sage more in the hay, hay field. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's really could be in, e- in either one, but yeah, with hay field where you're taking off a lot of nutrients, it tends to, tends to make its way in there too. But I've, I've tested some broom sedge heavy hay. That's not oh, terrible. Not terrible. Yeah. You know, it's not, not a, uh, we did forget one on the pasture side. What is that? Cucklebur. Cucklebur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I good. was thinking that's that, but I thought it's, I didn't know if it would be top five for you all or not. It's, it's top yeah. five in my County. <laughs> I know it's, it seems to be worse on some farms than others. And, and I think it still goes back probably a lot of that to that competition, mm-hmm. um, and management, issues um i won't call anybody out but i know some that have, have a lot um that are in hardin county not too many people have problems in the root county that's just we've got a good agent over here um so in hayfields what what did we not what have we not mentioned yet that we probably should bring up as being maybe a top five contender of uh, johnson grass johnson, johnson grass. grass but i had uh, poison caveat. yes caveat to johnson grass though is if you cut it early it's not terrible but Johnson grass as a hay crop just doesn't seem to produce. Right. It's going to choke out the grasses below it. As a In a pasture setting, it's great because mm-hmm. you can go in and turn in on it quick. But usually mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to make a whole lot of hay if you cut it for hay and then you pull in that bale it and it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you've still got all that cost involved. So sure. if you if you can pasture it, I th- you that's a viable forage mm-hmm. really but in a hay field mm-hmm. i don't want it right and don't pasture it when it's frozen when it's freezing temperatures like in september yeah no. right. <laughs> or october uh, uh, November. yeah yeah october November. Here, october. here's one could go hay field or pasture field both really bull nettle or horse yeah. nettle, whatever you want to call it yeah. See yeah more of that in recent years it seems hmm. well any more? Any more for Hayfields? I think we got a guest that's waiting to join us. Probably better get to him. That was a good conversation on uh, on weeds. I'm I'm glad I thought of bringing that up today. That made yeah. for some that burned some time up for us. So, uh, Matt, why don't, since he's one of your farmers, I, I know him pretty well. But why don't you go ahead and give him an introduction? All right. So with us now we have Hardin County farmer uh, Mark Thomas. Mark, thanks for being on with us. Thanks for having me. So we wanted to uh, have you on today. Well, I guess just starting out, tell us a little bit about your farming operation. You've been on the show before, but it's it's been a little while. Uh, So maybe for anybody, any new listeners, just uh, tell us a little bit about your operation. 
Uh, so my wife, Wesley, and I have a one-year-old daughter. We farm with uh, my parents um, on about 2,000 acres here in Hardin County. Corn, soybeans, uh, alfalfa hay, few head of beef cattle, um, small number of irrigated crop acres. Um, you know, we're pretty standard family operation. We're, we're pretty diversified to spread out our risk. And, and, you know, dad and I are full-time on the farm and our wives, meaning my wife and, and my mother, step in after work uh, to help out on the farm when needed. He left out sweet corn, Daniel. Yeah, I noticed that. Do not that claim mean- that part of the operation? Does <laughs> that know. mean you're done with it now? He might have a, I was going to say he's done with it because he's probably had a rough year with it. Or I, if you've had to pick it, you know it's time consuming. Yes, yes. It's, we, do, we do about five and a half acres of sweet corn for the farmer's market. Uh, it's not my favorite thing to do, but it's it's pretty good money maker, so. Your uh, your farming operation has brought you some attention and uh, maybe got nominated for some awards here lately. Tell us a little bit about that. We did. Uh, in 2019, I was actually the uh, Kentucky Young Farmer Association member of the year. Um, I spent a lot of time with that organization for several years after college. Um, still active in that organization, but uh, got that recognition then and then this year. Uh, 2021, Wesley and I were recognized as one of the, the district winner for District 3 Kentucky Farm Bureau Outstanding Young Farm Family, uh, and we were named as one of the three finalists. So that consisted of a, about a 12-page application uh, asking about our, our operation and, and our community involvement and uh, agriculture involvement, community, church, uh, pretty much anything we've, we've done since we graduated high school. Um, and then we had an on-farm interview uh, after being chosen in the top three. They come out to, to each of the three winners and just do a visit. We took them around the farm, showed them uh, what we had, what we challenges we faced, what, uh, what we're most proud of, um, and, and kind of show them what we've built up and, and where we want to go uh, in the future as far as growth and expansion. I know with my, uh, my experience with doing any kind of competitions or doing, you know, uh, uh, things like that, it's, it's kind of rewarding. Even, I mean, you want to win, but it is kind of rewarding to sit through there and go through those, you know, fill those applications out and, you know, see what all you've accomplished and see what all you've been able to do. And it's a good reminder about where you want to go. Um, so I, I always encourage anybody, if there's ever any kind of uh, award or contest that you can do, I think it is a good idea to, to fill those out and, and apply. Because just, just from that aspect of it, that, you know, you get to kind of see how far you've come and, and still see where you want to go. And those are all important, important parts of running a business, too. Well, absolutely. This, this contest is, is based on the last three years. Um, but well, from where you started your first year of farming and then, and then the last three years compares them year to year. So you can definitely easily see where you started and where you're at now. And then, you know, growth, expansion, um, you know, net profitability, any of that kind of stuff over the last three years. And it, it's really good to, to be able to see, you know, well, I'm on track to where I want to be. Um, you know, it pushes you to, to actually put your goals down on paper. Every farm has goals, but they're not always on paper. And, and that's, uh, that's something that everybody really should do is have them on paper where you can see what you're trying to accomplish and, and mark it off when you get there. But, 
definitely gives you a different outlook on on the operation as a whole. And and another another part of that, you know, going through this, uh, you know, even though Wesley's not, you know, day to day driving the tractor on the farm, but with with her mind works completely different than mine, and she looks at things completely different than I do. Uh, so filling out this, you know, she's brought up things that that she pays attention to and has noticed different than what I notice, um, which which could essentially be good for for any couple uh, or any farming operation as a whole, because people may not always be thinking the same thing or be on the same page uh, when it comes to what their farm is is going after. That's interesting. You bring that up. I know my wife and I talk about that. She accuses me of not telling her things and like plans that i have in my head but i yeah we'll we'll save that for another day but uh, i think that's a farm wife thing yeah yeah <laughs> but it is always interesting when you do go over stuff and i probably do already have the plan worked out in my head but then when you go over it with your wife they can come up with different ideas or a different viewpoint and you're not stuck in your rut and throwing your own biases in it and uh, that really is helpful for any farming couple, I think. It's just interesting that you mentioned that. So. Well, any farming couple, any farming partnership, and, and I talked to the judges about this when they were here last week, you know, with, with dad still being in the operation, you know, even though we, we somewhat farm separate, we farm together, you know, he's willing to to take on my new ideas and make changes. But he's also you know, not afraid to say, well, hold on, that's not going to work, you know, or, or, you know, we get to reach the stars, maybe a little too far, or a little, a little too much stretch and, and he's there to pull us back in. Uh, and, you know, and that can work with a, you know, a husband and wife or, you know, father, son partnership or, or sibling partnership doesn't matter. It's always good to have somebody who's maybe somebody who's a dreamer and somebody who's a realist uh, may be the best way to, you know, keep a farm going in the future or any business for that matter. It, you're not saying there's ever disagreements between a father and son farming <laughs> partnership, are you? That, that I've never heard of that. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that at That's all. Crazy talk. <laughs> oh. That's why we have a lot of training on farm succession and farm transition. I will say this. I, I think I can say this on the on the podcast and radio. Uh, we'll cut it out if you can't. A good Daniel uh, has a bleep button. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> a um, there, there's a company here in town that owns a, a tire shop that's working with their uh, father. Started it with with a good friend, and and his sons were coming in to work for him. And uh, a father son farming team came in about that time. You know, it was all going, and and he went up, and the owner of the tire shop said, uh, said, do you have any? That's this father son farming team said, do you have any, you know, good advice for a, a father and son getting ready to work together? And, and the father and son farmer looked at each other and were like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to your on-farm interview, I want to go back to that a little bit. Was there anything that, maybe the judges saw that they mentioned that surprised them when they came to the farm, that maybe you, it was hard to elaborate on paper uh, through that application process. They didn't really uh, mention anything that, 
that really stood out to him that, that wasn't necessarily clear. Um, I wanted to, to make a point to him that the way, the way we try to farm as, as I said, you know, as a family farm, you know, the way the application is set up, I could only put on, you know, put in the farm or in the application, what, you know, is mine and Wesley's. Whereas it, it takes the whole farm as a whole to, to operate. Um, I will say the judges that were here, we, we did travel uh, from where we started the tour to where we ended. We, we did travel through Elizabethtown around Ring Road and, and they were quite surprised at, at how big Elizabethtown really was. Um, and, and that and you all are farming right in the middle of it, basically. Right, right. Um, yes. That and and that's something I did put in my application too. That that expansion in Hardin County is is extremely hard uh, with with houses being built and factories being built and just solar panels, <laughs> <laughs> solar panels potentially being built. Um, so you know, it's really hard to expand. And, and even if you do each year, the, the roads get more and more busy mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to move equipment through all that. It's just, it's, it's a added stress that people in other counties may not, may not have to deal with. I mean, even in, in Grayson and LaRue County, I mean, you know, Litchfield more so than Hodgenville, Litchfield's a little bigger than Hodgenville, but you know, a lot of the rural areas of that county that guys can move tractors and combines and, and probably never meet a car. Uh, the only time that's ever mm-hmm. happened for us was in spring of 2020 when everybody was quarantined. <laughs> nobody was allowed to be on the road. Ah, <laughs> oh, those were the good days. <laughs> Matt, Matt, you said those were the good old days. Uh, are farmers <laughs> the only people that will say that about that stretch probably. of 2020? Probably. All the good old days. <laughs> that was nice. 2020. Probably. Like I'll be telling my grandkids about that. That was nice. <sighs> Matt, in your case, if only they could quarantine them from going to the lake. That would yeah, that's right. Summer that's traffic. Right. That's right. <laughs> and you too, Whitney. Yes, yes. Well, and that's that's a problem. I was going to say that's a that's a real problem that for Grayson and Breckenridge, which you know I'm I'm in I live in one, work in the other, and and I I just don't see how those guys do it. It yeah. it makes me nervous driving to work. Well, so the big I thing can't. on moving equipment, and it is fall, so you know we're into share the road and, and everything. But, you know, I feel very confident in my ability to drive a truck or drive a tractor or drive a combine and know what my move is going to be. But you can, you absolutely cannot second guess what a, what a car is going to do. You don't know if that car is going to stop. You don't know if that car is going to get over, if they're going to, you know, hold the yellow line in the middle, pull over across from a mailbox. You know, you just, you don't know. So it, it doesn't matter how many times you do it. It's extremely stressful to, to move equipment or just just stop in the middle of the road in their lane right next to a mailbox that's my favorite yes yes <laughs> that's right that's right but if you can get one car if one vehicle will will pull over or in a driveway or something the rest of them that are around there will will tend to do the same it's just people just panic they don't know what to do when they see a a big piece of equipment you would almost think they would teach that in driver's courses around here they but i don't guess they do I, well, they didn't when I got it. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Mark should. is, uh, you talked about a lot of your farming stuff. Is there anything else on your application for the contest you think may set you apart from, from some others? Well, outside of our, uh, just agriculture and community involvement, we've, uh, kind of broke into the social media world a little bit and, uh, got on TikTok and, uh, 
according to your all's podcast, we're the second most famous TikTok in the area. <laughs> um, so like, like, you're you're on TikTok, so like you do like the dances to the Applebee's song and that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, no, dances. no dances. So you're not. <laughs> West, you, ain't, you ain't fancy like Applebee's on the date night. On the I, date night. I expect one. I expect one this week. <laughs> Mark, I'm expecting one. I'm expecting one to pop up. Uh, Wesley would, would enjoy that. She's been wanting to do a dancing TikTok <laughs> of, of somehow, but um, I'm not a dancer. So um, it really, I, I can't believe it took off like it had. It got on it, honestly, just because I thought, you know, a year, year and a half ago, they were going to shut the app down. So yeah. curiosity got the best of me. Like, you know, what's this thing all about? That it's so bad that it needs to be shut down. And then a few guys popped up that were, um, you know, farmers, in different parts of the state, growing corn 2020 being one of those. Uh, anybody who knows much about TikTok has, has probably seen Tony's videos. He's he's a little vulgar sometimes. Yeah, hope, but, hopefully with adult um, ears. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much adult yeah. ears. But. Um, but he popped up and then, so just kind of thought, man, if this guy can do it, I can do it. So the first video I ever did was that they were having an argument on John Deere combines and how John Deere combines were the best. Well, I interjected my thoughts on case combines and, and how, uh, John Deere just stole their rotor design from case and it got 30 some thousand views and. And the followers really took off. It jumped us to, we probably picked up 1,500, 2,000 followers um, at that point. So I thought, well, maybe this is easy. So we just started kind of sharing what we do on the farm, maybe things that are that are funny um, or not funny. Most of them are and, not funny. And trying to give it a funny spin, right? <laughs> just That's what Wesley says, too. Um, but, uh, you know, really just taking everyday events that, that farmers deal with and maybe putting a little funny spin on it. And our biggest video to date uh, was, it was me and Wesley on the phone. I was standing in front of a tractor. And I said, hey, do you remember when... Uh, you got pregnant and you told everybody we got pregnant. She said, yeah. I said, you remember when you brought home Zoe and you told everybody we got a cat? And she said, yeah. I said, you remember when I remodeled the office and you told everybody we remodeled the office? She said, yeah. I said, well, we bought a tractor. And it had, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think to date it's, it's like 1.3 million views and it just really took off. And, and, you know, people were tagging their spouse in that and their, brothers or sisters or moms or dads. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It, and that's just what it got on, on TikTok, And it got shared to uh, Facebook through three different, through three different avenues. But um, those kind of videos really take off and, and are funny. Now, shouldn't that tell you something that the video with Wesley in it got millions of views? That's true. That's true. I've only had one <laughs> other video uh, go over a million views and it was talking about, numbers on on the sides of john deere tractors and it was just completely satire mm -hmm. wasn't a bit of truth in it but it it took off that seems to be um, a common theme on social media <laughs> things that don't really have <laughs> any truth and numbers it, and, you know it's just it's like fake news. all about it 
Speaking of that, are are you one of these TikTok (laughs) farmers that got paid to destroy your crop this year? No Agent Orange here. (laughs) (laughs) That that got out of hand fast. Um, But that is also a great example of what media, social media can do that when, when you put something out that anybody who knew anything about it knew that it was it was satire and it was fake but the people that did just took it and just absolutely ran with it and and that's just proof that what media whether whether it be national paid media or social media in this country is is capable of doing when when something fake news gets out there how fast it can spread when the truth doesn't um you know it seems like on there's a a good mixture, I guess it has to be, because if, if you're out there, you're putting up 100% truth, you don't get a lot of views. People don't people don't pull onto it, and and that's true anywhere. But it, kind of like a podcast, you, right? And it, and if you throw 100% <laughs> lies, you know people will believe it for a little while, but eventually they're going to catch on. I'm like, well, this guy's, you know full of it, you know, nothing he says is true. But if, if you mix it up a little bit and, and keep a little bit of, you know, keep the truth, but, but throw a little bit of stuff in there, keep them guessing it, it really sends him to take off and you, and you can get a lot of good points across by doing that. Um, you know, it is what we've seen so far. Speaking of TikTok, do you have, I know you said you've got a lot of followers, do you follow, and I'm sure you probably follow a lot of people that are in the ag world. Um, do you, do you think TikTok is something that, and, and on along the lines of what we're talking about, do you think that's something that we as farmers can learn from too? I mean, it's, is it a, do you find yourself looking for information on TikTok these days as well as other, you know, obviously your other outlets, but do you think that that's something Well, there's that been several things I've days? seen on there that have, have sparked my curiosity, uh, to try to learn more about or, or try to educate myself on the way somebody is doing something. But the biggest advantage I've seen is the friendships that were made because we met on TikTok, uh, farm talk, what everybody calls it. Those friendships that, that have developed outside of that, that have transferred over to group texts and phone calls and social media and, and things like that, where, they've kind of became a um, not an independent study group. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a, <clears throat> like a peer group, like a peer group, a peer group. Case exactly. Study. That's what that's word I was looking for mm-hmm. because, you know, no matter how good a friend you are with, with your neighbors, they're your competition. And, and you're always scared to, mm-hmm. to say too much around them, you know, for fear they, you know, may go try to rent your neighbor's farm or, or whatever. They're still your competition. But with these guys, they're in states, three or four states away. They're not my neighbors. They're, you don't care to share ideas, and they don't care to share ideas. Um, and I'm learning that some of these guys are in a lot more competitive areas than we are who are very tight-lipped on anything that goes on on their farm. And and I've heard them, you know, had them tell me stuff and say, you know, I wouldn't even dare tell my neighbor that. And in some places, I wouldn't even tell my county extension agent that, you know, if that if that kind of tells you, 
you know, the kind of competition that's in those areas. So, so that has been more value to me than, than anything. And, and, you know, my hope is, is to share a, a funny side of agriculture, um, you know, to give people just, just teach them, let them know that they're not alone, you know, that, and I think this came around at a, at a great time when, when all this started, grain prices were, were down and, and looking pretty grim. And there, there was just a negative, you know, nobody was smiling in agriculture, I guess is the way to put it. And they kind of saw this, everybody was down in the dumps. They could see any videos on there. It'd be mine or somebody else's and just, and just get a good laugh. And, and, you know, people talk about how much it helped them just to see that, that they're not alone, that, you know, you're having a bad day. Almost guarantee you can get on TikTok and somebody's having a worse day than you, you know, on the farm, and and that's worth a lot right there. Just to to know that you know as farmers we're not alone; that somebody's dealing with the same thing that we're dealing with out there. Yeah. So we're, we're so, kind of getting short on time here, but um, I, I agree. I think it's 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 good comedic relief, and these TikTok videos are kind of easy to text. Um, but do do you make? Or share, yeah, but you know, a lot of people are texting, yeah. you know, videos to groups of people that kind, of, you know, especially farmer groups. You or share them via text. You share them via text. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for that correct pronunciation, there, Mister Matt Adams. Um, and um, you, now you threw me off from what I was going to ask. That's uh, my whole purpose in life. I, here, I so. know, <laughs> and you're pretty good at you. You found your purpose, and you've and you've excelled in that area. Um. Yeah. So, like, how much money do you make on TikTok? Because I know, like, YouTube, you get a million views on YouTube, you're probably gonna make some money. How much you money can do get you make like on salaries TikTok? on YouTube? Yeah. YouTube is where the money's at, one hundred percent. Um, TikTok is, um, you know, you know that old Travis Tritt song. Here's a quarter. Call somebody <laughs> who cares. There's a lot yeah. of days on TikTok, I, I couldn't make a pay phone call for what they pay me for the day. Um, 10, 15, <laughs> 20 cents a day, really. It's, it's not very much. Um, but I will say, uh, it, it has developed a relationship with some ag businesses. Um, ag leader is, uh, giving us some product this fall to try and, uh, do some videos on to promote for them. I'm actually using a product called cart ace um, that will steer the combine beside or steer the tractor grain cart tractor beside the combine. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited to try that out. But uh, a lot of these big companies are breaking into social media and using that to, to get out to their audience. But as far as the, the TikTok creator fund money that, that gets put out uh, it's, it's not lucrative like, like YouTube. So, uh, Unfortunately, uh, speaking of that, I also heard <laughs> that I think the Harden Larue crop tour TikTok was being sponsored by Pioneer. Did you all hear that too? <laughs> so it's going to fall flat. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> we didn't say that. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> we didn't say that. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, well, we may just, in your honor, we'll see if Kale today has got uh, – uh, here's a quarter from, from Travis Tritt that we can Perfect. throw on for you at the end of the show. So we don't have to come up with the song. Know, Mark, yeah. 
thank you for thank you for coming on with us and uh, taking the time. I think it was a rainy day, so you didn't really have an excuse, and you had to go to an ag development council meeting right before this, so we knew you were probably furry. So uh, thanks for thanks for joining us, and good luck in the uh, in the outstanding young farm family uh, award. Hope hope you hope you come in first, we'll or get you at back least on maybe here you, when can, you win. Yeah, and if you don't, maybe you can come in second. You can get the runner-up award, and you can get the real win award next year. So you can kind of double dip. But either way, uh, best of, best plan. of luck to you. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be all right. Either way, you know, first, second, third, still still a win in my book. So uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, enjoy every time you ask me. Have a great day. Well, that was a really good interview with Mark. I I think he's a pretty good representation of young farmers in our area. And, you know, he's a special kind. I've, I've known him a long time too. We go way back to, (laughs) we go back to old FFA days together, but a really good topic. And I think the TikTok thing has changed, has been a game changer, honestly. I think it, you know, I was skeptical of it too when we first came on, but well, I'm on it all the time. (laughs) I think there's probably a lot of people listening to our show that still don't even know what we're talking about when we say TikTok. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a breath in or something. It's still uh, the Chinese spies are Mm -hmm. using it. So they're they're gaining all of our farming knowledge. What do you, uh, what do you all watch on your TikToks? What videos? So, you know, I I do like the ag stuff, but Mm -hmm. I'm also into, you know, like home renovations and Mm -hmm. DIY kind of stuff. So I actually, oddly enough, there's a few that I follow that are home inspectors. And they actually like film stuff that people do that like wouldn't pass inspection. And and it's crazy. The stuff that people try to, I guess maybe when they do it themselves the wrong way or the cheap way or the, Mm -hmm. just try to hide something. And, and and a lot of these home inspectors, like they take pride in like catching, you know, catching those things. And, and it's just, um, it's interesting. It's also a little, maybe a little scary (laughs) what uh, people will do to their homes that, you know, they think nobody's going to find or or see, and then they get busted in these, these TikToks. So um, I I take a good lesson when I do that, that I, you know, anytime I do stuff to my house, I do it the right way. Because I don't want to see myself. (laughs) Would this show up on a TikTok video? Is that what you ask yourself all the time? Right. Yeah. You need to get that like engraved into your tool belt. Yeah. <laughs> we do a lot of, I, I guess 90% of mine are life hack videos. You know what you can do to make your life easier. Now, do I take them to into consideration? Probably not, but uh, that, and then cooking videos, recipes, that sort of thing. And then just um, comedic comedians, you know, funny, funny things on there. People talking uh, telling funny stories and along with the ag stuff. So. That's one I was watching this week and it's this, this lady and she's, she's a comedian. I mean, I guess she's, she's, I don't even know. A lot of these people aren't really comedians. They're just regular right. people that people. are making mm-hmm. videos and like her, her shtick or her, her thing is that like, she's singing songs and then like, she's got this, like, then the, the camera switches to, it's still her, but she's like, do you mm-hmm. know what that song means? Keep singing it. <laughs> and like, so they keep singing the songs and like these songs have these really bad meanings, but you don't realize that you're just singing these happy uh-huh. lucky songs, you know, it's like ring around the rosy, you know, like yeah. ring around, yeah. you know, it's really about, you know, some bad things. Uh-huh. It sounds good. It shows she about people like listen. bubonic yeah. plague or something. Isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, and they had to burn the bodies and that's the ashes mm-hmm. that are falling down. So, you know, mm-hmm. but she, She's like, does that with modern, there's a lot of modern day songs that are like that too. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It just, I think it's the way she does, the way they present it is funny. Right. Um, and it's only like a minute long. 
Yeah. So it, it talk about my, attention span. ADHD. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what those HDs are, but I got 80 80 of them. (laughs) All right. So anything else we got going on here in the next week or so in your counties? Announcements? Um, Well, this will be the last, this will be the last week that I mentioned the LaRue County CAPE program. Um, Now I will be talking about it when we have programs that are CAPE approved for credit. Um, So that those applications are going on until September 21st at 430. At 431, we will not take them. Uh, they have to be turned in by the time we close, September 21st at 4.30. If, um, if you have what any What if question, you don't have the door locked yet at 4.30? Uh, we're not. Uh, we lock at 4.30. I don't, okay. I don't know about when it when that, when that clock hits 4.30, we're going home. Um, so have it in here before that. Don't wait till the last minute. That's my answer to that. You know, if you're worried about that, don't wait till the last minute. Um, come get those, get those uh, brought in and – uh, you know, if you have questions, give, you know, give us a call here at the office and I'll, I'll walk you through them best I can, or you can call the director, Diane Puckett, and uh, we can give you her number too. Um, if you have any questions about, you know, the application or some of the investment areas, all those guidelines for the different investment areas are right out here in front. You can pick those up and, and it's very self-explanatory and everything is written out there and what you can do and what you can't. But if you do have questions, uh, let us know. And then Whitney, I think in uh, Grayson County, you've got a youth kind of a youth yeah, cape program. We do. We have a youth cape, which is very similar to what the adult cape can do. Uh, it's a cost share program up to a thousand dollars in our County. And so that's for any youth nine to 18 and are involved in any sort of agriculture or horticulture uh, project and they can pick up an application at our office or the website our extension website has a copy of it on there and you know if you've got questions same thing for us you can contact us at the extension office and we can help you out with that information and probably we mentioned this briefly during our interview with mark um, but it's also getting to that time of year where there's a lot of farm equipment on the road Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of people on the road. Um, sports are going on right now. Kids, my daughter's playing soccer and it seems like I'm on the road every night <laughs> going to a practice or to a game. We've got football games. We've got probably got T-ball or whatever. I was going to say, on. we got, we got basketball, uh, baseball, softball, over. dance, and uh, gymnastics going on right now. So I am on the Ooh. road all day, every day. So yeah. yes. Um, outside of my 40 hour week. And, and, and with that got time for that. With that being said, a lot of people on the roads, a lot of people driving on the roads, probably watching TikToks while they're driving, which don't yes. do that, people. <laughs> um, don't be texting and driving. Uh, make sure you pay attention. You know, we say share the road. It goes both ways. And right. farmers need to understand that we're sharing the road. Uh, people need to understand that we're sharing the road, too. Mm-hmm. It's like my kids. Uh, you can't sit there and my, my daughter say to my son, give me that share. It's not it's not about like that. It's you know, it's working together and sharing um, mm-hmm. is, is the proper way. What is it? Farm safety week. When is that? It's next week. Farm safety week is all of next week. And there will be each day that national um, safety council, farm safety council, they have different things going on each day, but it's uh, next week. So just keep it in mind. Yeah. Make sure if you meet a piece of farm equipment, you don't stop in the road directly across from a mailbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't freak out. Don't feel like you got to slam on your brakes. I mean, unless you have to, you know, yeah. you if you think you to. need to slam on your uh, brakes, go ahead and slam but, on your brakes. But just, you know, use your down, own judgment. Take a, be you know, mindful. take a minute, might be mindful of what's going on. Sometimes slamming on the brakes can maybe cause more problems than, than, uh, you know, if just because you see a tractor on the road, just, you know, slow down and 
serve the situation. And if you need to get over, get over. If not, you know, just make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on. I think the biggest problems that we have is when people aren't paying attention and, and, and not looking at what's going on and probably looking or at their phones getting, impatient. Or getting impatient, um, and wanting to pass a long string of vehicles. Um, that's, that's never a, a good situation, uh, typically. So just be calm, be patient. You'll get where you're going to go. And farmers, if you can, if you got a long line of vehicles and you got a spot, you can pull over, pull over, and let them go around you. Um, it's, that's, you know, sometimes you can't, but when you can, I think mm-hmm. it's a good, a good thing to do to, to be sharing and be, be thoughtful of what others have going on. Cause it's, it's a busy time. And I know as a, as a parent with young kids <laughs> running around all the time, and with, you know, Matt, you're not there yet. You said your kid's not ever going to play. You sports, will be soon. <laughs> but, um, but one of these days they will do something and you're going to be running them around all the time. I was and, told uh, we were signing up for church league soccer this fall. So. Oh, that'll be fun. It's fun. I don't I'm not a big soccer fan, but it is fun. I think the kids like running around and kicking stuff as long as they ain't kicking me. That's mm-hmm. good. So yeah, farm safety week is next week, but really farm safety happens all year long. Just take your time, get plenty of rest. And, uh, and, and also if you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody, don't ever mm-hmm. hold things in and, and, and talk to your, your peers and your friends about, uh, if you got issues going on, be sure to talk to somebody. What is it? We're all in this together, right? Mm-hmm. Or watch a TikTok video. Yeah, yeah. Watch a TikTok video. Maybe somebody else is going through some crap too, or maybe it'll make you laugh. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's about all the time we got this week. So we will catch you all next week. Yeah, I guess. And yeah, Mark Mark got our song taken care of. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's Travis Tritt. Here's um, a quarter called Someone Who Cares. One of my favorites. See ya. See y'all. <laughs> See y'all later.